so today we uh, celebrate, we continue to celebrate the Nativity of the Theotokos. Uh, sorry, yes, Nativity of the Theotokos. But that's, we're kind of coming to the end of that feast in a sense. And in the coming week, we're going to actually be celebrating the feast of the uh, elevation of the Holy Cross. And so today there's a couple of things going on. And the readings today are really related to the feast which is coming up. So I want to talk today about, um, about the readings in the context of the cross and what, that tell, what the readings tell us about what the character of our life ought to be in this life so that as we go through this life, we become transformed, we become new creatures, and then we enter into the kingdom of God uh, finally when we pass away. Um, probably an appropriate message for today given that many people are in mourning. So, but, you know, we're Christians. We don't, we don't mourn like pagans without hope. And our hope is in the cross of Christ. So the context of the gospel reading today is that uh, the Pharisee Nicodemus has come to see Jesus. He's come at night. And he's saying, you know, we, we believe that you're from God because you do all these things and only someone from God could do these things. And I think, I'm not sure what he's expecting to hear exactly from Jesus. Maybe he just wants to know something about, you know, where he gets this authority or something like that. But what Jesus actually says to him is um, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he be born anew or born from above. So he's saying you need to be a new creature. Nicodemus doesn't get it. He's really baffled because he says, how can I go back into my mother's womb? How is it possible? So he's thinking like a first century Jew who believes that he's already part of the Israel of God. And aren't they going to enter the kingdom of God anyway? Isn't that how it works? Right? Isn't being circumcised and partaking of the Passover and being a leader of the Jews, isn't that enough? Aren't these external things, isn't, isn't that enough to make me part of the kingdom of God? Isn't, doesn't, isn't that how it works? Jesus is saying, no, that's not how it works. What actually is required to enter the kingdom of God is to be a new creature, is to be transformed. And so he explains this. And how does he explain it? He actually brings up, there's two things he says side by side. He talks about Moses raising the serpent on the pole, um, being for the healing of the people. And then he talks about how he must be raised up on the cross. So let's, talk, let's look at the story of Moses and see what that tells us about the cross. In the story, um, I'm sure many of you know it, but um, I read it again and I found that I didn't really know it as well as I thought I did, actually. Because when I read it again, I saw some things in there that were like, oh, I didn't realise that before. So what happens with this story is that the people of Israel have come out of Egypt and as they commonly do, they're complaining yet again. They complain a lot as they're coming out of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness. And um, on this particular occasion, they're complaining, saying... Um, you know, uh, there's no water, there's no food, and the food you're giving us is terrible. And they're complaining, about Mo they're complaining to Moses and about Moses and about God, right? And so what happens? God sends a plague of snakes among them. Snakes are biting the people. Some of them are dying. And what do they say? They come to Moses and they say, we know we've done the wrong thing, we shouldn't have been complaining, now tell God to get rid of the snakes, Right? Isn't that our response to most things? We don't say, 
well, you know, we have to... We don't actually accept the consequences of what we do. We, we try to escape from them. And in this particular case, they're saying, well, you know, yes, we've done the wrong thing, but, you know, just get rid of the snakes. We don't need them. That's the problem, isn't it? It's just the snakes. But actually what God does is quite surprised. This is what I didn't... When I read it again, I was a bit surprised. I was like, no, he doesn't get rid of the snakes. There's nothing there that says that. In fact, it's quite the opposite. What God actually does is he says to Moses, make a, make, a, make a snake, make a poisonous snake, hold it up on a pole. When the people look at it, when they get bitten, okay, so the snakes aren't gone, they're still there, people are still getting bitten. When they get bitten and they look up at the snake, they'll be healed. So what actually has happened here is that God is saying through Moses and through this story that the very thing that was that was killing them, is being used to heal them. Can you see that? The change that happens there. The very thing that was being used to kill them is being used to heal them. And what they needed to realise was that they themselves were behaving like snakes. They had poisonous tongues. So it was quite appropriate that they get bitten by snakes. But then looking on the snake and realising that Yes, we've done something wrong, but also, oh yeah, we need to change. And in obedience to what God has said, actually look at that, look at that snake and realise what they are and, re- and return again to God in obedience and do what he says. In that they are healed. So there's that inner change that has to take place, even in this story. It's not purely, it's not magical. They don't look at the snake and it's some kind of magic. That's not what's happening. They... In, t- in understanding what they've done and looking at the snake, there's an inner change. And that is what God wanted. He doesn't just want to get rid of the snakes. He wants to bring us to change, to repentance, to transformation. So what does that say then about the cross? Because Jesus, put, Jesus himself puts these two things together. What does it say about the cross? Well, in the story with the snakes, what's the real problem? Is it the snakes is, is the snake, if a snake bites you and you don't die or you don't get sick, do you care, really? I mean, maybe it's painful, but do you really care? Um, you, you care because there's a consequence, right? You get very sick or you die. Actually, behind the snakes is death. And death is behind all of the sin, all of the corruption, all the trouble in this world is death. We're told that the, the power of sin is death in the scriptures. So what we're really dealing with, the real enemy, the real thing that we are suffering from, is death. And what Jesus is saying is that just as the snakes, when they were biting people and causing them to die, when raised up and viewed through, as, as from God as a source of healing, the snake itself is not the source of healing, it's God. But when looked up at like in that way, it brings healing. That instrument of death, the cross, which was the most horrendous way to die in, in the Roman period, reserved for the most terrible criminals, rebels, pirates, slaves who killed their masters, those kind of people, that's what that was reserved for. When that instrument of death is raised up, but Christ is on it, it becomes the source of life. So death is then transformed. We are no longer subject to death, a terrifying death that has no hope. 
We don't simply enter the grave and disappear. Rather, when we die, if we are in Christ, that death is turned into life, eternal. But we also know something about the path that gets us there through this story. In the story with Moses, the people had to suffer in, in part, as part of their repentance from their complaining. They had to suffer. They had to be bitten by the snakes. And then they had to look up. Jesus, on his way to the cross, he suffered. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was whipped. He was then had nails put through his wrists and his feet. Finally, he was stabbed in the side with a spear. His body bore the marks of what he was doing. And we know that this was purely out of love for mankind because there was no other reason for him to be on that cross. Jesus Christ is God. If he had wanted to, he could have not gone to the cross. He could have come down from the cross himself. But he went on that cross and he died voluntarily. As I said, he's not a rebel. He's not a criminal. He's not a, not a, a slave that's killed their master. He's not a pirate. He's none of those things. The good thief says when the other thief is reviling Jesus, we deserved all this. We deserve to be here. But he, doesn't, he hasn't done anything. So when we look at Christ on the cross and we see this innocent suffering, when we see love, which is completely self-sacrificial, fully giving, even unto death, then we see the character that our life should show, the kind of transformation that God is wanting from us as we go through this life. But of course, in the same way, if, as we have these characteristics begin to come out in our life, we will also be marked. Just as Jesus had nails through his hands and feet and a spear in his side and he was whipped, we will also be marked. We might not be marked in the same way, but we will be marked. In the epistle reading, we see two different kinds of marks. We see St. Paul saying to the Galatians, there are these kind of Judaizing people who come and say to the Galatians, you need to be circumcised, right? But Paul says, well, they're only saying that because they don't want to be persecuted. Again, they want to run away. They want to get away from the trouble that's coming. They want to avoid the trouble. They just want an out. And Paul's saying, circumcision doesn't matter. Uncircumcision doesn't matter. What matters is a transformed life, new creation. That's what matters. So he says he will boast in nothing but the cross of Christ. And at the end of the reading, you hear that he says, let no one bother me anymore. I bear the marks of Christ in my body. What are the marks of Christ in Paul's body? Paul was the most prolific uh, evangelist, the most prolific spreader of the gospel. Incredible journeys he took. But he was beaten. He was beaten with rods three times. You can read this. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. He's saying this to the Corinthians. He's beaten with rods three times. He's stoned. He's whipped. He literally bears the marks of Christ on his body, quite literally, apart from all the other struggles of hunger, sleeplessness, and everything else that he bore. All of those things he bore in his body, these are the marks of Christ for Paul. What about for us? What are the marks of Christ that we bear? I'm not expecting to be beaten necessarily. I'm certainly not expecting that any time soon I'll be crucified. I certainly hope not. Um, but... 
the fact is it's, it's not these externalities. It's not those, you know, exactly what happens. It's the self-sacrificial giving, the self-sacrificial love for the other because that was where all of those things that came on Paul came from that, came from his self-sacrificial giving and his love for God and for the people. And as we do that, we will also be marked in some way, right? We will still bear these marks of the self-sacrificial love and sacrifice that we make for God and for other people. They become the marks of Christ in us. And not only become the marks of Christ in us, these marks, unlike, for example, a, a Christian in, in, uh, in Galatia getting circumcised to avoid persecution, which means nothing. These marks, the marks which, are, which we bear out of love for Christ and love for each other, these marks, they don't go away. They mean something. These, these are glorious marks. These are the marks that will remain even in eternity as marks of our love for God and for each other. So as we come up to the Feast of the Cross, and as, even as we remember those who have departed from this life in Christ, we should remember that for, all, for each one of us, it's exactly the same thing. All of us are going to bear marks in this life. What kind of marks are we going to bear? Are we going to get, bear the marks of having run away, having tried to avoid the things that we need to do in order to be transformed? Or are we going to bear the marks of having been transformed through love and self-sacrificial giving for God and for other people? Yeah.